Hey, good morning, everyone. So I decided to come back on once again today. It is Sunday and just came out of my time and my devotions. And I just wanted to go straight in with you guys, just like I did yesterday. I'm finding that that is probably going to be my rhythm my pattern until something changes in the spirit. Um, but as soon as I come out of my time, you know, with God, I'm just going to go straight in with you and just show you exactly what he's speaking to me. And I'll just uh, come right in like a trumpet and begin to uh, cite that out to you guys. Um, my scriptures for today, we're going to go straight in with Samuel, Second Samuel 4 and four. That'll be our back scripture. And then we'll talk a little bit about the backdrop to that scripture so that you'll be able to understand it. But my topic for today will be uh, beyond your control. Now it's kind of awesome. As I was going into my devotions today, it was, it was exciting because sometimes life gives you something that you didn't sign up for. Things that you, you, it was way beyond your control. You had nothing to do with it. You didn't anticipate it. You didn't know it was coming. You have uh, been praying. It's almost like uh, bad things happen to good people type of situation. And the truth of the matter is that when you start doing life, especially walking your salvation out with God, he doesn't allow you to pick your life's lessons. He's already scripted it out for you. It's just your job to trust him. And I'm going to say that one more time. It's just your job to trust him and to walk it out, knowing that he's going to walk, allow you to walk it out with him to completion and that he's not going to let you walk in any hurt, harm, or danger. Because we know in Jeremiah 29, he said he's going to what? work it all out for your good and that he knows the plan for your life. So as I was going through this chapter and, you know, toying with this scripture and just letting it just do work on me, I challenge you as you uh, stay in on my podcast and go deeper in this season that let the scriptures do the work. Let them do the work on you. Let them do the building. Let them just begin to just uh, take you into a place that it can do the work in the areas of your lives that we have a tendency to protect. And you say, okay, so Mrs. Colorful Day, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about is that God's been doing the work in my life over the last couple of weeks. He was showing me some areas that I have a tendency to protect. And those areas are areas um, from childhood when uh, I suffered with certain issues in abandonment. You say, what does that mean? And we're going to get to the topic on today. Just be patient. You have to learn to be patient as well, because that's a fruit of the spirit. I'm going somewhere on today. But uh, abandonment was an um, issue that I suffered with as a child. Uh, I had a parents who were married for a very long period of time. And then they went through a divorce and I never knew it until later on in my life that, oh, I have 
some small abandonment issues that I need to deal with. And it's not like it's something that you say, oh, this area, I need to fix it. It's something that you have symptoms of an issue that's deeply rooted inside of you. It's like you wake up one day and your eye is pink and you, and you're like, oh, my eye is pink. That's a symptom of a other issue that you've had before, meaning that something got into your eye and infected your eye. So there was a bacteria in your eye. The symptom of the bacteria in your eye is now pink eye. So um, to say the least, I had to deal with that. So over these next uh, couple of podcasts, I, I'm saying if you just stay with me and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in those vulnerable areas, I really see you coming forth as prayer gold. I see you really, really growing in areas that you wouldn't have grown before because God is doing a new work in this season. As I said in my podcast in episode two, and, and I talked a little bit about Isaiah 43, 18 to 19 was the subject matter in that particular podcast. He was doing a new thing. And I challenge you, if you haven't did episode two, go back to episode two, listen to it, like it, love it, make a comment on it and let it do the work in your spirit. It's a really quick listen to, you can listen to it in the shower. You can listen to it in the car, but I challenge you to listen to episode two, but let's jump right in to uh, today's lesson is super awesome. Again, we're in second Samuel. If you just jumped on in today's iPod, iPod, podcast session and um, our topic is beyond your control so second Samuel 4 and 4 I'm going to read it really quick so now Saul's and I'll be reading from the life application study Bible it reads Saul's son Jonathan had a son named Mephishabeth who was crippled as a child he was five years old when Saul and Jonathan were killed at the battle of Jezreel. When news of the battle reached the capital, the child's nurse grabbed him and fled, but she fell and dropped him as she was running and he became crippled as a result. That's Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter four, verse four. Now, um, at this point in the scriptures, I need to give you a quick backdrop. The backdrop to this story is in 2 Samuel chapter 9. And the thing that's going on here is David is now talking to one of his servants, which is his servant Ziba. He's asking Zeba in 2 Samuel 9 about any survivors of Jonathan and Saul. Now, we already know that Saul was king and David had served Saul. And Jonathan was a dear friend to David. Now, uh, this particular person, Mephishabeth, is Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. So he's crippled at childhood and he's basically a survivor. Now, what I'm trying to uh, allude to is 
something happens to uh, Mephishabeth at childhood that's beyond his control. He's he's four years old. Come on now. He's four years old. He is a child. They're in battle at this particular time, Jonathan and Saul. And the nanny, I'm trying to give you a quick scene setter. The nanny basically is running out of the house. They, she, they said she fled with him basically to to try to spare him because you're trying to keep all the sons alive at this particular time because guess what if i can keep the son alive then hopefully he can reign on the throne again one day under saul's lineage so she's running with him so envision this and she drops him and the reason i say this is something beyond his control is because he didn't ask to be dropped Matter of fact, he probably didn't ask for her to pick him up and run with him because he's four, between four and five years old at the time. And when she drops him, he becomes paralyzed in both legs. Now think about this. He's paralyzed in both legs for the rest of his life. Something changes at that moment. He goes from being a hundred percent to now being what 60 70% for the rest of his life. So everything changes in a moment and it's it changes and it's beyond his control. And I want you to think about that and I want you to lay that one simplistic blueprint over something in your life that's happened that's beyond your control because sometimes when things have been scripted in your life that has happened that's beyond your control you'll sit you'll ask questions over and over again and you'll keep trying to line it up and you'll try to paint this picture and try to understand the technicalities of how god has laid something out almost like a job situation job uh these things are happening to Job and Job and his family. He Job is steady going back to God and asking God, okay, so why did this happen? Or maybe it was sin in my life. Is there some sin in my life? You, you're trying to understand when you're trying to understand a God with infinite wisdom. Now get this, a God with infinite wisdom, wisdom beyond your understanding. It's beyond your understanding. It's beyond your magnitude. It says who could understand all the knowledge of God? It's past you. You're trying to understand this. It's, it's way beyond you. You're asking questions to understand it. So I could imagine when this whole circumstance falls on this young child, he has to grow up with uh, things that are not uh, like a normal situation. So when you jump forward in time in 2 Samuel 9, David's looking for him. And I'll read it really quickly because th this is a lot of scripture I'm going to go through in 9. But you need this backdrop so you can understand where I'm going today. Because today I want to anchor on people who had things happen to them beyond their control. God is speaking something to you today. He wants to restore you. He wants to give you back what's rightfully yours. And he wants to say, I understand what happened and I'm well aware of what happened and things in life are scripted according to my plan. So let stay with me. So in nine, it says one day, David began wondering if anyone in Saul's family was still alive. Now, 
for those that just jumped on, I just skipped ahead out of 2 Samuel 4 and 4, and I skipped to 2 Samuel 9. I'm giving the backdrop to 4 and 4 as to why uh, Meshiphabeth is uh, crippled in both legs. One day, David began wondering if anyone in Saul's family was still alive, for he had promised Jonathan that he would show kindness to him. He summoned a man named Ziba who had been one of Saul's servants. Are you Ziba, the king asked. Yes, sir, I am, Ziba replied. The king then asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show kindness to them in any way I can. Ziba replied, yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive, but he is crippled. Where is he, the king asked, in Lodabar. Ziba told him, at the home of Makar, son of Emil. So David sent for him and brought him from Makar's home. His name was Meshiphabeth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low in great fear and said, I am your servant. But David's son, oh, excuse me, but David said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I've asked you to come so that I can be kind to you because of my vow to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the land that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you may live here with me at the palace. Mephishabeth fell to the ground before the king. Should the king show such kindness to a dead dog like me, he exclaimed. Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and servants are to farm the land for him to produce food for his family. But Mephishabeth will live here at the palace with me. Ziba, who had 15 sons and 20 servants, replied, Yes, my lord, I will do all that you have commanded. And from the time on, Meshiphabeth ate regularly with David as though he were one of his sons. Meshiphabeth had a young son named Mika. And from then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Meshiphabeth's servants. And Meshiphabeth, who was crippled in both feet, moved to Jerusalem to live at the palace. Okay, so that's that was a lot of scripture. Stay, thank you for staying with me as I was reading that. But you needed to have a backdrop on what actually happened and how David had summoned uh, to find this this person who had basically fell off the grid. Now I'm going to go deep. Okay, so what happened is again something happens beyond his control. Basically, he grows up paralyzed in both feet. He finds himself in Lodabar. Lodabar is a place where uh, people who can't fit into society go. So it's basically a place where people can fall off the grid, a place where uh, misfits are, a place where uh, the misfits are accepted. So you can expect to see people in Lodabar that had difficult situations in life, situations like uh, maybe they have been child molested, maybe they suffer incest in the family, maybe they couldn't uh, fit inside of the in crowd at work, maybe they had a rape that they had to keep quiet in the family. Well, we haven't, we haven't seen any of those that they had to put under the rug 
and act like it didn't happen. Maybe they were uh, suffering inside of uh, an embezzlement scheme in a business and didn't have anything to do with it, but had reprisal and had to end up in Lodabar. Maybe they were just basic castaways. You know how sometimes people just don't accept you and you end up being cast away. They move down to Lodabar. Maybe they uh, suffered with some type of sickness. Maybe they, it just, they weren't whole. Some type of paralysis, some type of mental illness. They were cast out, thrown to the side. Society felt that they just didn't fit status quo. They didn't look like everybody else. They didn't act like everybody else. People didn't want to take the extra time needed for the people in Lodabar. You know, for my podcast listeners today, the people in Lodabar are the people you have a tendency to walk past and they just don't fit in. It might be that homeless guy that you don't know anything about, but he just has this reeking smell today that if you just took a little bit of extra time, prayed for him, extended the love of God to him, then that would be the thing that changes his whole situation. These are the people that are in Lodabar. The people that are in Lodabar are the people that have potential inside inside of them that you just can't see with the natural eye. It takes someone with a true kindness and a true love of God to reach a person that's in Lodabar. See, the people that in Lodabar, you can find yourself in Lodabar at any point in your life. I know it because there's been times in my life where I find myself in a place called Lodabar. And and to get out of a place called Lodabar, because you can be in Lodabar in your mind, you can be in a house and everybody is happy, but your mind is in Lodabar. And you need someone who can reach you to pull you out of there. And it's not like they just come and say some some magical words. It's the love of God that reaches your heart. It connects with your heart to pull you out of a place called Lodabar. I'm going to tell you what David did. See, there was three things that David did. He sent for him. See, David recognized, you know what? This person deserves the same thing that God gave me, love and kindness. I challenge you on today to remember the grace and the love that was extended to you from Christ. Never forget that. No matter how accomplished you think you are or you become, there was a grace and a love extended from Christ to you. He gave his only, his only, only that means the only one that he had his only begotten son so that we might enter in and that our sins might be pardoned meaning that we were so entangled in sins that was each and every one of us it said all have come short of the glory of god we all have sinned and come short of the glory of god not one of us was sinless The only sinless person was the one who gave his life, and that was the son of God. So we have to remind ourselves when we think that we've become so accomplished that we forget that that person over there needs the love of God extended by way of just coming over and saying, you know, I love you. Be feeling remembered. 
Because remember when I started out my podcast on the day, I said, all of a sudden, God was showing me as I've been going deeper in the scriptures, doing this whole coronavirus situation, that the abandonment issues. See, when you go deeper with God, he starts to go into your closet and pulls those things off the shelf and say, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this little cubby blanket that you won't let go of. This little situation that you're suffering with that I want to heal you from. This little pain. Because people can be all dolled up or doing whatever they feel is uh, great and accomplished. But God says, I want to make you whole. I don't I don't care what the world thinks they see. I want to make you whole. And when I look at the, the, this person who was crippled in his feet, he didn't ask for that. Some of the pain that uh, you're dealing with today, you didn't ask for it. But God is, he's a loving father. Remember I said he's a good, good father. He still wants to make you whole. That's his desire is to have you whole healed so you can go and help someone else and extend that same grace and love, making them whole and healed. So David did three things. There's three quick principles I want you to take away from this podcast today. There's three things he did after he sent, he used his Zeba to go find Meshiphabeth, Jonathan's son who was crippled in both feet, who had fell off the grid in Lodabar, went and hid and started growing up, living his life. Matter of fact, he had already had a wife and everything. He told Me Meshiphabeth, where he came from. When he sent Zeba to find Meshiphabeth, he, he, he comes up to uh, David's palace. The first thing Meshiphabeth does is he falls to his feet. I mean, falls from his feet on his face because, of course, I could imagine he's in front of King David at this point. You got to get a snapshot of this. I'm going to build you a quick picture. He's summoned to the king. If you're summoned to the king, I'm sure he's thinking I'm in trouble. It's like somebody saying, daddy wants you. And you hear daddy's feet in the heart. Daddy wants you. He said, come down here. And you're thinking, oh, daddy want me. What do daddy want? This is the king summoning him. Not only that, he has lineage to the throne through Saul. Back then, they would kill off all the sons that could come and claim any rights to the throne. So I'm sure he's thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm found. They didn't found me. I went and hid in Lodabar. Dang, I'm already paralyzed in both feet. I didn't build the family. I don't want nothing from you, man. Why are you looking for me? He's probably thinking. David's going to take my head off to make sure that I don't try to claim any rights to this throne. Man, I don't want any, I don't want anything. I just want to live my life. Can't you see I'm, I'm paralyzed? So I'm sure when David sent for him, that's why he fell on his face. And of course, cultural references, because it's the king. But what does David do? The first thing, remember I said three principles I want you to take away. The first thing David does is this. He tells him, get up, get, get up, get off the ground. Because remember in the scriptures, Meshiphabad tells him, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, basically I'm a dead dog. He degrades himself. You know why he degraded himself? Because he's been hanging out in Lodabar with misfits. 
In my other podcast, I said, how can two walk together and not agree? When you hang with a bunch of people that feel lowly in their spirit, you hang with a bunch of people who don't know who they are. You're not going to know who you are. And I'm praying for anybody right now in the name of Jesus who don't know who they are. I decree and declare that you will know who you are. You are a child of God. You are a remnant of high and royal priesthood and that you will know it on today. That you will come into a full revelation or knowledge of God. It will no longer be information that you're just hearing through the airwaves. I decree and declare right now it is so that you will come into revelatory knowledge. That it will take root and it will bear much fruit and the fruit will stay in the name of Jesus. You will not walk around with just information, but you will know and it will be revelation and that the revelation will be inspired through the Holy Spirit that it will stay and that it will lead and that it will guide you and it will comfort you and it will keep you in perfect peace. And that the scriptures will dance in your heart when you need it, when you feel confused. Because God does not give us the spirit of confusion. And that you will be anchored in him. In the name of Jesus. But David told him, look, get off your face. Because David understand God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind. He tells him, he, he see, this is what you have to do. You have to start to correct your actions. Your actions have to line up with the principles of God. You have to just quit talking about scriptures. If scriptures are in you, you ought to be doing them. You have to be doers of the word. That's what that means. You have to just quit saying it. Stop saying scriptures. The, more, the most aggravating thing is to just walk around just saying scriptures. Scriptures are there to do scriptures. You get scriptures in your heart. You get scriptures in your spirit. And then scriptures become actions. Scriptures should activate you. And then your life lines up with the word of God. It's not something you just walk around and you just constantly saying it like some arithmetic uh, memorization. This ain't rote memorization. That's not how this works. This is not uh, a spelling bee. Scriptures get in your heart. And when they truly, that's what, when you hear your grandmothers and people at church say, and let it take root. And when they, you heard David say in the Psalms that let me get the word that I hid it in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's what that means. When the word is hidden in your heart, it pricks your heart. When I wake up and I've said something negative to somebody. It'll prick my heart to tell me, Jasmine, you shouldn't have said that. You need to get it right. That's what that means. That word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's not something that you can show up at church and a pastor can teach and throw it on you with some oil and anoint your head. That's not, it don't happen that way, podcaster, um, audience. That's not how it happens. It happens with the relationship with God, spending time with him on your own. I hate to tell you, but church going ain't enough time with God to produce that. It helps. It helps, but it's going to take more than that. It's going to take some alone time that he wants to spend with you as a friend. 
Now, the second principle that David did after he told him basically implied that get off your face. God has not given you the spirit of you don't need to be afraid of me. I'm not here to hurt you. He told him who he was. The same, all the principles that David is doing is the same principles that God does to us. God is using David to show a template. They're, they're called types and shadows. It's the same foreshadowing that God does for us, to us, through David. The second thing David does is, again, he tells uh, Meshephabeth who he is. He reminds him in the scripture that Jonathan was your daddy. Saul is your granddaddy. All of this stuff belongs to you. When you go back and refresh yourself and read through 2 Samuel 9, it says, he says it to him. He has to remind him of who he is. The reason he had to remind him of who he was is because he had been off the grid, y'all. He had been in Lodabar so long with these misfits. He set, up, he set up camp down there. He started believing he was really a misfit. He started believing because my feet are uh, crippled. This is who I am. This is all God has for me. I'm here to tell you on today where you at is not all that God has for you. He has way more for you. He has above all you could ever think or imagine. It's so You are so only at the, the cusp. Matter of fact, I won't even use cuss because that's too much. You are at the tip of the iceberg. You can't even begin to imagine all that God wants to give you and what he's trying to convey to you right now and how he had to shift the entire world, put it on pause so he can say, you know what? I want to talk to you. I want to tell you that you've been down here too long. Matter of fact, I'm going to take and put the world on pause, pause. So I can have a conversation with you right now to tell you, guess what? Stop being in fear. I haven't even given you that spirit. And, and matter of fact, I love you. You come from a royal priesthood. Your daddy on a cattle on a thousand hills. He has many mansions. Matter of fact, there's one with your name on it. And the third thing that David said is... He wanted to restore everything that belonged to him. Same thing that our dad does. God tells you, don't be afraid that you belong to me. You're a child of the living God. It doesn't matter if you didn't have a daddy because I got, I know I have people in the audience. Well, I don't have a mom and you know, I don't have a dad or I didn't grow with a dad. I, I, as a matter of fact, I didn't have a mom or a dad. I, I grew up with my grandmother. I didn't have any of that. As a matter of fact, I grew up on the streets and I raised myself or, you know, whatever the situation is, God says he'll be a father to the fatherless, a mother to the motherless. He, he's going to be whatever it is that you need him to be. That's why he said, I'm the, I am. He's, he's, I am whatever you need him to be. That's why he has so many titles, so many names. They were set up an uh, offering of sacrifices to him because he could be whatever you needed him to be. You just have to allow him to step into the void on today. Whatever your void is, allow him to step into that place. If you just open up your heart on today, give it a try. I know. Yeah. You know what, Mrs. Color for a day? I've opened it up many times to people and they've hurt me. But you did. You open it up to God. 
I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about your friends, your work co-workers, your, even your confidants. Because some people have been tremendously hurt by best friends. Some people have been tremendously hurt by pastors. And I'm going to hear, and I'm here to, to clear that up too. You're going to be hurt by people because people are flawed. They're not perfect. Give them some leeway. They're not perfect. I started out and said, all have sinned. All. A-L-L. All. A double hockey sticks. All. There's nobody that has not sinned. They all have fallen short and of the glory of God. You. That includes you. That includes me. But God wants to fill that void. If you just open up to him, he can come in like a rushing wind and fill it with his living water and he can restore you. He can make you whole again. He can fill in those places, those nooks, those crannies so that you can begin to move in strength and in magnitude and be restored again and feel like your old self again. And for in some instances, your new self again. And in some instances, some people just feeling like a new person again. So again, the three principles I want you to take today out of 2 Samuel 4 and 4. The topic again was beyond your control. Being aware that things that will happen in your life that are beyond your control. And God is well aware in heaven that, hey, this was beyond your control. But he will, one, does not want you in fear about it because he has not given you the spirit of fear. Two, he wants you to know where you come from. You were made in his image. You have a purpose in life. You need to fulfill and start working in that purpose. You come from a royal priesthood. He wants you to know that, guess what? He wants to restore you. If you've been, it fall off the grid and you're hiding down in Lodabar, stop running with people that are running contrary to the word of God. Stop running with people who are telling you things that aren't going to get you to destiny and purpose. Those things have to line up. God wants to give you back all that belongs to you on today. And you have a lot of stuff with your name on it. I can't get what belongs to you. You can't get what belongs to me. Listen, this guy was crippled in both feet. This is the awesome thing about this. In both feet, y'all. That means he could not walk. He managed to fall off the grid. God tracked him down. I come to tell you, I came on this podcast to track you down, to tell you God's looking for you, to tell you that he loves you and that he wants to bless you with things that belong to you. Meshifabeth stuff waited for him. Even though David was king, David had all that stuff still waiting for him. 
at his palace, sent somebody to look for him to tell him, guess what? You got a whole bunch of stuff here up at my palace that belonged to you. And it was so much stuff. I know that both of your feet is broke and you can't tend to all this land that belongs to you. But how about this? I'm going to tell Zeba because Zeba got 20 something sons who need something to do. They can tend to your land. You just don't even worry about it. We got it all taken care of. You just come eat with me every day. You've been through enough. That's what God wants to do for you in this season. But in order for him to do it, you must go through the process. No, no man can take a shortcut. The student is not above the master. You must go through the process. Jesus had to go through the process. He had to go to the cross. He had to walk down Gilgal. You have to go through the process. You cannot take a shortcut. Go through the process. Three simple principles. Let God remove that fear. Open up your heart. Let God come in like a mighty rushing wind. Come into those secret places that you're holding on to. Let him restore you in those areas. And the third, also let him tell you who you are. Stop letting people tell you who you are. Stop running to everybody to tell you who you are. You don't need a TV evangelist to tell you who you are. God is there. He doesn't need an interpreter. He don't need nobody to interpretate for him. He's not doing all that talking where he needs a translator. He can translate for himself. He's all powerful. What does it mean to be all powerful? That means he can do his own talking if he wants to. He can do his own dealing. Now, I will say this because I get real deep people on podcasts. He has ambassadors here. And what does it mean to be an ambassador for God? It means to be down here with the highest credentials representing him. He has people down here representing him. So I'm not out here releasing no free agents to be running around here doing no crazy stuff. There's a a set of decency and orders and the law of the land you need to follow. What I'm telling you is that you have the ability to get on your knees and access God by praying through prayer and supplication. Because every man has to work out his own salvation. You need to be doing that. There's certain areas of your life that has to grow by you accessing God and talking to him that he wants to personally talk to you about. Ain't no laying on the hands going to do it. That's between you and God because he's saying, I just want to talk to you. Come talk to me about it. And then some restoration will come when that gap is closed. But what I want to see after those basic principles are met, I want to see you get back all your stuff. So I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that everyone listening to this podcast will be blessed. You said that all your scriptures are yes and amen and that they will be restored on today. God, let them be able to uh, understand the principles, but not just understand the principles, because you said that we should be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. God, allow them to do the word, allow the word to take root in their spirit, God, and that they will bear fruit, God, in due season, God, but that these podcasters, that these audience, God, that they would listen, God, and that this fruit would stay, God, and that this fruit, I decree and declare that it would bear much more fruit. 
I say that again in the name of Jesus, that the fruit that these listeners bear would bear much more fruit. And not only that, God, I decree and declare that they will begin to adjoin themselves with people of the same likeness, God, and that it won't be a form of godliness, God. I decree and declare that it will be a godliness that's your godliness, God, not a form that Paul talks about, but it will be a true in spirit and in truth, godliness that's pleasing to you, God. Work out the hard kinks, God. Make cricket roads straight, God. Allow them to walk through the narrow door and not the wide door that everyone chooses to walk through, God. I thank you, God, for every viewer that listens, God. I thank you, God, for hearts being changed, God. I thank you, God, for homes being blessed, God. I thank you, God, for financial situations being turned around, God. I thank you, God, for each follower that decides to download and click and share with someone else, God, I thank you, God, for uh, people's wings being set free, God. I come against the spirit that tries to clip those wings that are trying to come forth in this new season, God. I thank you for the turning around and the pause in the uh, people of God. Lord, I just thank you on today. I thank you for your son and your spirit, God, in the movement over the earth, God. We just praise you, God. In the name of Jesus, and we bless your name, and we ask all these things in your darling son, Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. And again, this was another awesome podcast with Mrs. Colorful Day. And again, I'm excited. I'm excited for everyone to listen. And I'm mostly excited for what God has to bring us. I'm going in uh, tonight and tomorrow morning with great expectation. I'll be coming back again with another podcast. I ask that you listen. I ask that you anchor yourself on the scriptures again. And until next time, you and all of your family, please, please be blessed.